Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to roco snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. If you'd like to get an email once a week with upcoming sleep stories and other news, subscribe to the newsletter at snoozecast.com. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Professors of Gymnastics. Tonight, we'll read the opening to Around the World in 80 Days, a novel by Jules Verne, published in 1872. This story was requested by our patron Gala, Thank you for the lovely reading suggestions, Gayla. In this story, Phileas Fogg of London and his newly employed French valet, Passepartout, attempt to circumnavigate the world in 80 days on a 20,000-pound wager, over 2 million pounds now, set by his friends. It's one of Verne's most acclaimed works. get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Chapter 1, in which Phileas Fogg and Passepartout accept each other, the one is master, the other is man. Mr. Phileas Fogg lived in 1872 
at number 7, Seville Row, Burlington Gardens. He was one of the most noticeable members of the Reform Club, though he seemed always to avoid attracting attention. An enigmatical personage, about whom little was known, except that he was a polished man of the world. People said that he resembled Byron, at least that his head was Byronic. But he was a bearded, tranquil Byron who might live on a thousand years without growing old. Certainly an Englishman, it was more doubtful whether Phileas Fogg was a Londoner. He was never seen on change, nor at the bank, nor in the counting rooms of the city. No ships ever came into London docks of which he was the owner. He had no public employment. He had never been entered at any of the inns of court, either at the Temple, or Lincoln's Inn, or Gray's Inn, nor had his voice ever resounded in the Court of Chancery, or the Queen's Bench, or the Ecclesiastical Courts. He certainly was not a manufacturer, nor was he a merchant or a gentleman farmer. His name was strange to the scientific and learned societies, and he never was known to take part in the sage deliberations of the Royal Institution or the London Institution, the Artisans Association, or the Institution of Arts and Sciences. He belonged, in fact, to none of the numerous societies which swarm in the English capital, from the harmonic to that of the entomologists, founded mainly for the purpose of abolishing pernicious insects. Phileas Fogg was a member of the Reform, and that was all. The way in which he got admission to this exclusive club was simple enough. He was recommended, and he had open credit. His checks were regularly paid at sight from his current account, which was always flush. Was Phileas Fogg rich? Undoubtedly. But those who knew him best could not imagine how he had made his fortune. And Mr. Fogg was the last person to whom to apply for the information. He was not lavish, nor, on the contrary, avaricious, for...